Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 31 of the Blues Fan Forum podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Steve. Joining me this week is Austin from just just south of me, down in Trenton, I guess. Hey, yep. Uh, Austin, how's it going, man? Uh, pretty good. Really excited, Jacob. Thanks for having me. Super excited. These are kind of some of my favorite interviews. Um, we, we just met. We're just meeting right now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we've been kind of chit-chatting for quite some time, but met through a mutual friend that was on the podcast a while ago, uh, yep. last season. And so this is kind of, I'm slowly getting to the point of where my podcast is. I'm meeting new people and I'm getting to talk about blues hockey yep. with just, just fans. And that's, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, good. So we have a lot to talk about. Uh, before we get through that, I do want to remind everybody that you guys can support this podcast by uh, donating through our link tree. There's a bunch of different links on there. We have new merchandise coming out. I'm supposed to be getting a brand new t-shirt at the door at some point, and it hasn't come in yet, and I really wanted it. Um, and then also just check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and then you guys can listen if you have Spotify, Amazon, or Apple. So we are out there and available. All right, Austin, let's get into this. There's a bunch of new information when it comes to the blues. I glanced over it last podcast, but we I had a I had a Vegas fan on. So I just kind of it's almost like a Vegas fan forum podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so so we're we're going full blues here now. Okay. Uh, I mentioned last podcast that the blues do have two new coaches, uh, Mike Weber and Michael Babcock. Mike Weber is going to be the actual assistant coach. He'll be, you'll see him behind the bench. Uh, he's a 35 year old assistant coach. He's never worked in the NHL before. Uh, he just came back from three years with the Buffalo Sabres with their AHL team. Uh, and he's supposed to work with the defense. So do you think a 35 year old assistant coach is going to help our decor? Uh, I believe so. Um, you know, I, I obviously think after last season, um, we needed to go in a different direction. Um, and with these two hires, uh, I'll kind of lump them together to start, but it's my understanding that I think they want to go a little younger. Um, maybe, maybe relate to the, uh, players a little more, um, maybe a fresh, mm -hmm. you know, fresh set of eyes on the way the game's played today. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's a good thing. I, I'm really excited about Babcock. I'm, uh, I'm not as excited about Weber, but I, I just don't, uh, I don't know much about him, and I'm very interested to see how this goes, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think, I think a new, a new direction and a young set of eyes, you know, on a faster paced game and uh, younger team, I think, I think it's a good thing. Yep. <clears throat> you mentioned Babcock. So the other coach is Michael Babcock, not to get confused with his dad, Mike Babcock. Uh, Michael Babcock is 28 years old, which is crazy. He's younger than me. Uh, and he's yep. going to be the skills coach. Uh, last season he was with the senators. And before that he was with the university of Saskatchewan. Um, and I do, I like the idea of having a 28 year old skills coach. Like if you've mm -hmm. got a 60 year old skills coach, what skills is he teaching Jordan Cairo yeah. and Robert Thomas yeah. and our, and our young guys. So I do like the idea of giving that, yeah, like that younger set of eyes and people newer to the game. So, yeah, and, and that's what I was, I was kind of alluding to was, you know, you, you asked about how young uh, with Weber being 35, I, you know, I, I knew that Babcock was 28. So Weber is actually kind of mm -hmm. old compared to uh, Babcock, but <laughs> right. uh, again, I, I think, I think it's good to get a uh, new set of eyes in there. You know, we, 
who we have Van Ryan and, and McTavish uh, on the yeah, bench. Yeah, they're the ones that left. And, uh, yeah, I just think McTavish is uh, not very young. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> All right. I think this was a, a good opportunity for us to just get uh, somebody closer to the game and, and the speed of the game today. And again, you know, just a new philosophy. So I think it'll be interesting. 28 young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 28's young. Uh, I, but I, like I said, for as a skills coach, I feel like you would want, especially with how the game is changing, it yeah. is becoming more skilled than just big brawling man. You want a younger guy as a skills coach. And as Michael Babcock, I mean, he his dad was a longtime NHL coach. And so is he still coaching Mike Babcock? Uh, not, I don't right? believe so, no. And I if don't he is, so either. it's not at the NHL ranks. Right. But he coached for a long time. So Michael has been around the game for a very long time. And then my only concern is with Mike Weber being 35, because our decor is so old. I mean, they're all right in those that 30 range. And so, I mean, Justin Falk can come in and say, listen, man, like you're four years older than me or five years older than you, whatever. But Mike Weber did play in the NHL. I think he had like three or 400 games. So that kind of helps as well. Yeah. And I believe Babcock did not uh, make it very far. I think he just played in college, honestly, Uh, maybe overseas. Uh, I think he played in France. Okay. Or some, I don't know what it was. It, whatever the team was, it sounded like it was French. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Somewhere in Europe. I think it was. You can still be Canadian. Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. <laughs> he's just in Quebec. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I think all around, I think it's a good idea. I, you're right about the defense. Uh, we do have some older defensemen, but um, you know, two years ago, three years ago, we had an average or above average defense, and then we all know what happened last year. Or actually, we don't just, know what happened last year. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. New eyes. Let's see what happens. Yeah. For it to just completely fall apart in one year, because we weren't as bad as we were this year. We weren't even close to that the year before. Like we were, we yeah. were good. So that's. I find it funny. I I saw the other day on Facebook the Blues have the third worst odds to win the Stanley Cup, and I I don't necessarily expect them to win the Stanley Cup this year, but. The third worst odds. I'm like, there's some teams that are significantly worse than us. That, yeah, and I, I, I don't. Well, know, I, I feel like it should be better than that. We'll get into it uh, as we go, but it's my belief that uh, I'm not so sure that we're not back in the playoffs next year. I, I just have a lot of faith in Doug Armstrong, and I, that could be too much faith, but you know, he's saying it's it will be competitive in two years. I think after watching. The end of the season last year, I think we're going to be a lot closer to a playoff team than people think. I agree. I 100% agree. All right. Well, hopefully these new coaches worked out because we do have some very, very minor signings since uh, they're just young guys. Uh, Adam Gaudet, we re-signed to a one-year, two-way deal. Uh, we got Adam Gaudet in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. He was kind of a throw-in and ended up playing – his whole time with, with our Springfield Thunderbirds. Uh, the 
signing that's more important for us right now is Scott Perunovich, who signed a one-year, one-way, $775,000 deal. And that's one that if he could stay healthy, it's like, how good is that guy going to be? <laughs> no one, yeah. we can't like tell right now. Yeah. And not to, you know, not to compare it to other St. Louis sports, but we've seen other St. Louis sports with, uh, you know, can't miss prospects and they just can't stay healthy. And, you know, you feel bad for the guy, but you know, that's always, uh -huh. that's always a question mark with somebody that is playing at the NHL level and is five, nine and, you know, 180 pounds or whatever he is, you know, they, how fragile, how fragile are they? And, uh, he's had some All significant right. injuries, you know, those, the shoulders are not, uh, not anything to, uh, just shake off and get back on the ice. It, it typically doesn't bode well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it look, it took Tarasenko. I mean, I know he had all the surgery drama and everything, but it still took him a long time to finally come back yep. and look like himself. Yeah, I think Perunovic uh, uh, looks looks really good on a third line and on one of the top or one of the two power plays. I think that's what they're going to shoot for. Um, you know, who mm -hmm. plays though? You know, I I think like like baseball with pitching. I don't think you can ever have enough defense uh, in hockey. Um, so hopefully, hopefully stays healthy and can produce and uh, right get on the power play and help that power play out a little bit. Yeah, we we need that after. I mean, well, we were talking about how good the team was two years ago. We were like top five in the power play, I think. And then last yeah. year, <laughs> it's again just nobody knows what happens, but it, it's gone. It disappeared. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, another new signing. Kind of more of a hiring, I guess. Uh, number 20, Alexander Steen is back working for the Blues after, I think, like a three-year retirement. <laughs> he wasn't retired for very long. Uh, he's going to be, I didn't write down his official title, but it was like development of European players, something like yep. that. But he will also be at the prospect camp uh, in July at the Centene Community Ice Center over by the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater, right back there. So July 1st or the 4th, you guys can go see the prospects, maybe catch Alexander Steen. Uh, it's free to the public. So you just they'll post their schedule and when they're doing their scrimmages, and you can just show up and watch. Yeah, so, pretty cool. It's none of the good guys. Like I said, it's, yeah, prospect camp. I went to one. It was a good time. But do you think – would they put Scott Perunovich in that prospect? <laughs> I, I don't know that they would. I mean, honestly, the more the more competition you could see him against, the better. But uh, I don't right. know. I feel like it would be a good idea. But yeah, I don't know. I know uh, Snuggerud's supposed to be there. Bull Duke's going to be there. Um, actually, I was just thinking Neighbors is another one that he played in the NHL all, almost all year last year. So I don't know if he would. Yeah. Be there. I don't. I don't um, know that any of our top picks. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say, I don't, I don't know that uh, neighbors would be there. So now I'm thinking Perunovich won't be, but. Right. So a bunch of young guys that you may have heard of, or you may not have heard of. So it's, it's a good time. And if you're missing hockey, you can watch it in the, in the middle of July. So with that, if you're also missing hockey, we have our preseason schedule. Our preseason is going to start on September 23rd with a split matchup against Arizona. So we'll have half of our team here in St. Louis playing Arizona and half of our team in Arizona playing Arizona. 
So <laughs> that was kind of an interesting way to do it. And then our last game is October 7th against the Chicago Blackhawks. So we have two games against Arizona, two games against Columbus, two games against Chicago, and two games against Dallas. That should be a fairly, I don't know, good preseason. But I, I remember at the beginning of this last season, we were doing really well. And Logan Brown was scoring like three goals, and he didn't turn out to be hardly anything. So <laughs> you can get excited about preseason, but <laughs> you can't get too excited about preseason. <laughs> yeah, I typically – I don't read too far into the preseason – but um, one thing you can get excited about when it comes to preseason is our final preseason game, which I mentioned is October 7th, is a home game against Chicago. <laughs> Typically, in the last preseason games, the teams are playing their their starting lineup for the coming season, which means if you want a chance at seeing Connor Bedard on the cheap, you, you might want to catch the last preseason game because come go. regular season, Blues, Chicago, you're, it's probably going to be pretty expensive. So, so there's your your helpful tip for the for the year, October seventh. Yeah. I I might I'll probably try and get tickets to that if I'm not doing anything. All right, that's all like kind of the updates and everything I wanted to get into. But now this is our last episode right before the draft, which is Wednesday. Uh, and then free agency, which starts, I don't know what day, what day is July 1st? Uh, uh, Saturday. Yeah. Saturday. So that's the start of free agency, if I'm correct. So draft Wednesday, free agency Saturday. Um, and the Blues have already been in the headlines before anything has also started with a possible trade that got axed. Um, I'm sure you read about it. Do you want to tell everyone? what the possible trade was or what you've seen so far? Yeah. So over the weekend, uh, he announced that there was a trade that was getting ready to happen um, between the Philadelphia Flyers and the uh, New York St. Louis Blues. And um, the name mentioned was Kevin Hayes. Um, and then they said that there was a lot of things in the works and a lot of moving parts. And uh, it slowly leaked out that there was a couple other players that could be added from Philadelphia coming to St. Louis. Um, I read that, um, I don't know if you watched Twitter when there's a possibility of a trade going on and just seeing what all the workings mm -hmm. are. But, you know, I read that, okay, it's not, it's not Pareko. It's not Falk. Someone from the defense is going to Philadelphia. And so I think it was Strickland. I think it was Jeremy Rutherford. They just kept saying, Okay, it's not this defenseman, not this defenseman, not this defenseman. And uh, turns out it was Tory Krug, uh, who has a no trade clause um, for a few more years. So after yeah. after uh, refreshing my phone for like, I it had to be thirty hours straight with a little uh, nighttime sleep in between. I think it's. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think Tory Krug is sticking mm -hmm. to his guns and he's not moving. And so I have read that they they've there's consideration that they're going to bring in a third team on where Tory Krug would like to play. Um, uh -huh. I'm, I don't know if it's because he's you know still in Boston, his mind's still in Boston, but he doesn't want to play in Philadelphia. Uh, so I, I'm pretty interested to hear what your take is on it, but. 
Uh, that's that's everything I heard. Yep. So so what I was reading, and I was on a float trip this last weekend for my buddy's thirtieth okay. birthday party. Um, and so we had, we got off the float, and I it was like nine o'clock when all this started breaking, and I was like, so yeah, I'm in the woods in a tent, refresh refreshing my phone, trying to yep. trying to catch all this. Uh, but yeah, so I read Tory Krug and one of our late first round picks for Kevin Hayes, uh, who is a 31 year old centerman, but he's got a $7.1 million cap hit for three more years. Um, we all, we like to think that some of our D men have bad contracts. That's apparently a league wide known as one of the worst contracts in the league Yes, for him to have. So, but when, if he was coming our way, rumor was that Philly was going to retain, I think they said in quotes, a significant portion, which the most they can retain is 50%. So, and then the other one I heard coming our way was Travis Sanheim, who is a, I think a 27 year old defenseman, but he's got seven more years on his contract. So we'd almost just be getting rid of Krug for, if you're thinking contract wise, getting rid of Krug's contract for another Krug contract. (laughs) Just kind of flipping that. Uh, but yeah, I've heard the same thing. Krug, Krug doesn't want to go to someone who's rebuilding. So I don't know if it's necessarily the fact that kind of how you mentioned he he loves Boston. That's where he played before he came here, and then he just naturally hates Philly. I think it's just because Philly's going to be bad, and they're going to be bad for five or six years, most yep. likely. And he's kind of earned the right to have that no-trade clause, and because he has that, he's like, no, I'm I'd rather – play for the blues who clearly don't want me then go to Philly and lose 60 of the 82 games that we play. Yeah, that's, that's what's difficult. Cause now, now where do you go? Uh, because obviously you've been floated. Uh, so it's not that we don't want you, but we would like to get rid of your contract. So, uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of awkward. Um, I, I, I read, um, even who's the other guy? Is it Lawton? Is that his name? Um, Scott Lawton, yeah. I, I read him, as a yeah. Um, and then you know, actually, right before this, I, I kept reading Travis Connect me, um, as a target for the Blues, um. I would love to have connect me, but uh, yeah, Kevin Hayes does not excite me. I think he had like a career year last year with 50, 53 points, something like that. 18 goals. Yeah. Um, I have read that he's, he's kind of like Mike Hoffman a little bit in that he doesn't play very good defense. Um, I don't necessarily for a centerman. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think he has a wicked shot. Uh, I just think that he just doesn't play very good defense. So, um, uh, yeah, that's kind of just swapping bad contract for bad contract, in my opinion. And you know, it, even if even if they retain half of it, if you're adding uh, the defenseman that has seven more years on his contract, you're basically you're just adding one more player to the fold. Um, right. Uh, I. Maybe maybe he would fit in well here. I I just don't I don't see it going through the way uh, they're saying it will. So I have read that they it, it may just be stripped down version of the same trade, and where it's one of our draft picks 
for Hayes and they retain some of his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that's the case, you know, that's, that gets us a lot closer to the cap. I don't know how excited I'd be about that, but. Um, right. Even if you're getting him at three. Yeah. That's the, yeah. What's the point? <laughs> well, and it's, it's just $3 million that you don't have. So what do we, right. what do we have? Five open six. Uh, I don't even know. It's, it it's. Might- tight it i'm thinking it's closer to six because i know we have the ability to you know bring somebody in like a free agent um not completely overpay for them but yeah so yeah i don't know i know they were trying to find a third team but it sounds like either nobody nobody wanted krug where krug wanted to go because uh, he's got a full no-trade clause. I think after next season, it's a 15-team no-trade clause. I think that's when it, it kicks in to 15 teams. Right now, it's completely up to him. And if he's wanting to play for a winner, he's it's very limited on where he wants to go. I know Boston is obviously one. I think Florida was one. But I don't even know if they have the cap space. So, well, but I will, will add that I... I did just read today and it just happened. If there is any truth to him wanting to play for Boston or Boston wants him for a discounted rate for what he's making, Boston just traded uh, Taylor Hall and uh, Falingo uh, to the Chicago Blackhawks like two hours ago. Really? Okay. I didn't catch that. So they're dumping some gap space. Yep, that just dumped some money. So I don't know what that means. Just speculation. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying they have some cap space. Uh huh. I wonder if I think Krug's got three more years on his contract. So if we send Krug to Philly, and then Philly sends him to Boston, I wonder if Philly would eat fifty percent of his contract. If they're also eating fifty percent of Hayes's contract, that's a lot of money for the next three years between those two two guys. I mean, if they're no, they're not going to be good and they're offloading everyone like they are right now. Maybe you do that for the next three years. Um, But then I'd also wonder what their ask from Boston would be because Boston, we're not giving you Krug for free. Boston's going to have to give up. Maybe they, they want a first for Krug or even a high second. I don't know. Yeah. Just an interesting twist that just popped up like an hour or two ago. That is very interesting. And for Chicago Blackhawks to, I I know they they're getting bedard, but I didn't expect them to try to go and win anything right now. Maybe they're just bringing him for leadership or, I mean, Taylor Hall is a former number one overall pick, isn't he? He is. I think so. So maybe they're bringing him in for that. Well, there's already talk that he's he might just be bait. Uh, he might be flipped. Um, oh. But Folingo, I believe, is a free agent. So I think that was part of the story was it's kind of interesting that Chicago would be willing to, you know, take that for nothing because he's in what? In four days, he's going to be five days. He's going to be a free agent. So <laughs> he's a free agent. Uh, I could be wrong on that. Unless I, th- gonna... I, think I think he's an unrestricted free agent. I can find out and 
35 seconds. Well, it, I mean, you're right. It's, it's kind of interesting that they bring somebody like Taylor Hall in. Uh, you know, maybe it's to play with Bedard, but also that you're taking on, I think his contract was four years, 25, 24 million, something like that. And so we still got some contract left there. There he is. Yeah. So Taylor Hall's getting $6 million for the next two years. Okay. Um, and then you said, is it Nick Felino? There he is. Yeah. He's yep. an unrestricted free agent. There you go. So yeah, they're either going to have to sign him. Where is. And he's like 35 or 36 years old. So I don't really understand that, but. Yeah, they gave up Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula, who are two people I've never heard of. Yeah, it's a dump, it's a dump move, so, and that's Ian, that's why that's why I bring it yeah. up for the Krug thing. I don't know if there's any truth to it, third team coming in for Krug, but could be something. It could be. I, I I've been hearing. I mean. I think all off season for the blues, it's been, we got to get rid of one of our top four defensemen. <clears throat> like it's gotta be Krug, Pareko, Falk, or Letty. One of them has to go, whether it's a hockey trade and you're bringing in people to either help in now or, or prospects to help later, or if it's just a salary dump trade and you're just, you know, you're giving up Krug in a first for like a, like a nobody or something just to, Dump salary. I don't know if you'd give up actually a crew going a first for nobody, but um, and I I was kind of reading everything that I read has been a little bit all over the place. I've seen things that say Krug is for sure staying, and this was obviously before this last weekend. But in my opinion, Krug was always the one that needed to go because we have Scott Perunovich right behind him, like that. Though mm -hmm. they're the same player, so yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to lose any of the other guys. Yeah, I think where where the Blues messed up, and, you know, I, again, I believe in Armstrong, but I think there was a little bit of redundancy with Vince Dunn, Tory Krug, Scott Perunovich. Um, you have that offensive-minded, small defenseman uh, that can quarterback a power play. Um, and I, I don't want to say maybe we got rid of the wrong one, uh, but – um yeah, Krug I is, think we did. <laughs> I think Krug's the one that's gotta go. Um now I, I've read, like you said, I've read multiple things. I've read he's staying for sure. I read that he he took down his uh I guess he had on Twitter I guess he had a blues mm -hmm. symbol on his Twitter page and that's gone. Um yep, as of today. It just says like NHL player now or something. Yeah. It doesn't even say like St. Louis Blues. I don't know what was on there, but yeah, there's no mention of the Blues. And actually, David Pasternak had tweeted to for, to Boston to bring Krug back, flip going back to Boston. So where there's I mean, smoke, there's fire, man. Like just, yeah, right. So it could be it could be us dreaming. It could be Tory Krug dreaming. It could be David Pasternak dreaming. But yeah, like you said, there's. There's something there. And then after the trade, well, you said that happened two hours ago. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens, knows? man. I'm, I'm really excited. I I would I, I would take Kevin Hayes 
to get rid of crew. Um, you know, I, the trade that they laid out, I, I would be excited to make that trade to get out from under um, one of the four contracts on defense to give yourself another center slash right wing and to bring in, you know, a cheaper, younger defenseman to replace crew. Fine. Whatever, whatever the package is, you know, you have the reality is you, you have three first round picks, right? And mm-hmm. you're in a position where you need to either hit on those or uh, use them wisely. Uh, so I don't I don't see getting rid of them as being the wrong thing to do. Uh, but if if you need to use one of them to get out from under one of these contracts, might as well do it. Mm-hmm. And I think even if we're just looking at that that trade specifically, it fills two needs. I mean, when you get rid of Krug, you're going to have another top four hole that you need to fill. So getting that Sanheim to come in fills that role. And he's he was good grow- when he got older. He had a bad year last year, but so did Philly. So yeah. it's kind of – kind of the, the Philly was in a Blues situation. The Blues just have better players currently and can rebound a lot quicker than Philly can. And then Hayes, uh, I would assume they would use him as a third-line center because – and I mean, Buchnevich did a good job at center at the end of the year, but he was still losing like 60% of the faceoffs. And so I think yeah. moving him back to wing would, and having, you know, going Thomas Chen and Hayes for your, your top four, and then just bring in Oscar Sunquist to get the fourth line center. And we'll be set. He's actually, he's been, uh, he's been spotted in St. Louis a few times. Uh, recently, he so went I don't to a know. St. Louis City game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, a guy, guy I work with uh, got a picture with him at the City game. So, really, uh, that's cool. Yeah, you know what? And I love, I love Sunquist. Um, but man, if there was any NHL player that needed to lose his teeth, God, <laughs> <laughs> he's probably the only one I'm skating on there trying to block pucks with his face. it's like dude you make enough money like go see a dentist or something maybe that's post nhl career maybe he's waiting for that i will i will say this and just a quick funny story but uh the guy that you had on that actually a mutual friend of ours seth uh bone and steel he him and i used to have uh part-time season tickets and uh do you remember Sunquist when he came? He was like the worst player on the ice, like the first year. Like, I even heard like Randy Carriker talk about how he was maybe the worst NHL player he's ever seen. And then, oh and God. then the next year, um, you know, everyone fell in love with him. And then, you know, the next few years, everybody loved the guy. And so mm-hmm. I was still on the train of, I don't like him. Uh, his second year here. And we, we went to a game and, uh, I was bashing him like through dinner and like through drinks. And then we, we walked to the stadium and, and then he, uh, he scored like two goals in, in like the first period or something like that. And was I, that and the first game that he's ever scored two goals in? I think so. And, uh, and Seth was, Seth was laughing at me for making fun of him. And I said, if he scores a third <laughs> goal, I will get a Jersey made that says, uh, Oscar Gretzky, uh, number 70 on the back. 
And uh, he, he actually hit a post, I believe, and almost scored a third oh goal. <laughs> and so for my, for my wedding present, uh, Seth got me a, a blue shirt that says uh, Sunquist number 99, or it says Oscar Gretzky or something on the back with uh, the, not the right number. Uh, so I thought that was, that was pretty <laughs> Yeah. Oscar, Oscar Sunquist. I, I would love to have him back for that fourth line, man. That, that would be awesome. Right. So it, it could be different games, but my youngest brother, Luke, who was like episode two on the podcast, um, went to a game with my dad once and Oscar Sundquist scored two goals in the game. It was the first time he's ever scoring two goals. Well, Luke was like 13, 14 at the time. So after the game, he went over to the, they were doing like the three stars and he was, Sundquist was the first star. And as he was walking down the, lane he handed my brother his stick so my brother has his stick from when he scored two goals so oh, it could have cool. been that same game <laughs> so yeah. i'm like yeah i'm like oscar sunquist just had his best nhl game ever and he gives a stick away i'm like yeah that's a guy you root for root for absolutely yeah so also talking about seth you have some work to do on the marketing end uh seth has the second most listens on the podcast at 64 Okay. So, All episode right. well, one has got ninety-one. Seth did a really good job marketing. I don't know who he sent emails and text messages to, but he did a really good job of marketing. So, <laughs> well, I was got, one of them. You, you got to challenge him. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was one. <laughs> um, but he also, you know, Seth doesn't have social media, so you know, I maybe, I, I maybe could sell that a little better. I don't know. We'll there see. you go. Maybe his direct contact worked better for him. Maybe that's what it was. Instead that's of just the, the yeah. media social blast. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's talk draft. So on Wednesday, the Blues have nine total picks, three of which are in the first round as we speak. We have the 10th overall pick, which is ours, the 25th pick that we got from Toronto, and the 29th pick that we got from New York Rangers, but it's actually Dallas's pick. Yep. Um all indications point to Doug Armstrong not doing anything with the 10 pick, and he's just going to pick somebody there. Uh, a purpose, I, I think he's just, he's never had a pick this high in his tenure as a GM. So he's, I don't know, maybe like a little kid in the candy store and just really excited to get to use it. Um, yeah. But kind of how we talked about earlier, the, either the 25th or the 29th could be moved while we're recording. It could be tomorrow on Tuesday, or it could be. Wednesday draft day. So um, do you have, have you kind of done any research or looked up on people that you think might be, I think the 10 pick is the most important. So anyone you think might be going at the, at the 10 spot for us? Yeah. So I've seen, I've seen like the six through or five through 10. I've seen that change so many times. Mm -hmm. um, if you would have asked me a month ago, uh, you know, a defenseman might not have gone in the top 10. I think that's changed a little bit. Um, I think a lot of things really rely on, and it's not Connor Bedard, but uh, I think it's, is it Mikoff? I, I, I say Mitchkoff. I don't, I, I could be pronouncing it wrong. I have no idea. <laughs> Matevi, I think is his first name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll go with Mitchkoff. Um, yeah. I really think everything depends on, Mitkoff, and if he goes, and and he's the wild card in this again, everything's around Bedard. But 
you're talking about a guy that, you know, his stats in that league are better than Tarasenko's. Mm-hmm. Are better than you know anybody that comes from Russia. Th- this is this is like Kippersoft. This is like this is the stud. The problem mm-hmm. being, he has a three-year contract. So just like Tarasenko, and when we drafted Tarasenko, everyone shies away from it, or you think they're going to, because they, he can't help immediately, um, and you have to wait three years for him to have an impact. Now. In my opinion, if you're not drafting one of the top four people anyway, you can wait anywhere from a year to three years to expect to see any of your top draft picks in the NHL. Right. You probably will wait that long. You want to see them before that. But the chances are that, you know, a guy going number 14 isn't going to be ready. His body's not going to be matured. Um, his game's going to be um, kind of shocked by, you know, the men that he's playing against now. Um, but this guy, I, I've been told, is like he's like number two in the draft if he didn't have a three-year contract with Russia. So mm-hmm. where he goes, I, I've read eight. I've read four. I've read, you know, is he really going to slip outside ten? I, there's teams yeah. that – have picks in, inside the top 10 that are not going to be competitive for the next three years. So why wouldn't you take that guy? So I, I don't know. I, I know you asked about a, a blues player, but I think that's the guy that is going to drive what happens. Um, well, so let's fast forward then. Cause my teach me how to Doug question was, will you trade up for Mitch Koff If you have that ability, are you willing to package the 10 and maybe the 25 or the 29 to get up to, let's say, because I think you mentioned four and eight. Four, I think, is San Jose. That's one that people mm-hmm. have said they have, you know, they've taken Russians before and they got Russians on their team and they have good, you know, relationships with Russians. So they do it. Um, and then eight is Washington, who obviously has Ovechkin. So that kind of helps make sure you, you bridge that and get, get Mitch Koff over here whenever he comes. Um, and then the blues have had, a, I mean, between Tarasenko, now we have Puchnevich and Torpchenko and Barbashev. I mean, we've had a lot of Russians on our team. So yeah. if you have the ability to either move up to four or move up to eight or move up somewhere to get him, are you doing that? Uh, I don't know, man. Um, I really, in in my, I'm I'll be 38 uh, next month. Uh, I'm kind of jaded by the Eric Johnson uh, high pick. <laughs> yeah. um, I I really don't believe that outside of those top four, um, there's gonna be let's say a top three without Mitchkov, Mitchkov, uh, the top three without him. Uh, you know those are game changers. Mm-hmm. Um, it really, I think, depends on what Doug sees as the immediate future for this team. Um, in my opinion, I, I might not do it. Uh, I, I don't think I'd package one of the other first-round picks. Um, and here and here's why. And I'll give you a try to do a short explanation. I have multiple reasons, but this team won the Stanley Cup in 2019. 
And the idea was that there's a window of opportunity and we're in that window. So let's be honest, COVID doesn't happen. I truly believe that we are very deep in the playoffs, if not Stanley Cup champions again. Um, we were like second in the pe- league when COVID happened. Was We yeah. were up there. Yeah. And um, that window is closing a little bit. Players are aging. We're even transitioning into a different style of team, it seems like, uh, with speed and, and agility. Um, we don't have those big, bruising defensemen that we used to have. Uh, we don't have those long sticks like we used to have. We don't have the four check that we used to have. Um, if he's not here in the next three years, then that window could be completely closed by then. So you can look at it two ways. Uh, you know, he'll keep the window open once he gets here, or the window will be closed and you can restart with him. Um I don't know. I, I think it's. I, I think this is a team that is not, like I said earlier, not very far away. I think uh, the guys that we latched onto at the end of the year last year uh, were good pickups, and and we really just need to supplement this team with a little talent um, in a few different areas. And I think this team is right back in the playoffs. I honestly do. Um, so if if you asked me, I probably wouldn't do it. Um, because just like any other draft pick, you know, you don't know what you're going to get. You think you know what you're going to get. And the mm-hmm. writing's on the wall that it's going to be, you know, he's going to be a stud. But, um, you know, Patrick Berglund didn't turn out to be what everybody thought he was. Right. <laughs> uh, and, you know, on paper, he looked like a great player. May, you know, not Connor Bedard, but on right. paper, he looked like a stud. And, uh didn't happen. So you're getting somebody from overseas. You don't really know what their game's going to translate to here. I think you just take the best player available at 10. I, I would not mind moving up, uh, you know, to like 16, 17 with the other two picks um, or, you know, one of the later rounds. Um, but I don't, I don't think I'm moving up to four. Um, I think that would take a lot. Mm-hmm. I would say if I would say you'd have to go all three of our first round picks at minimum to get up to four would be at least. Yeah. Because you got to think, you got to think he's whoever you're trading with at four, which would be San Jose. They want him or, you know, if mm -hmm. they're planning to take him, they don't want to give that, that up. So uh, you're going to have to give up a lot to get there. Yeah you're overpaying for mm-hmm. the same player. And then you could end up getting somebody just as good or two people just as good at 25 and 29. Cause I mean, people come out of nowhere from all the time. I saw a post on Instagram the other day, people were comparing. Uh, so NHL, when t- NHL 2018 was released, the projections that they gave for a bunch of rookies. And it was like Robert Thomas was like a projected like top nine player. And Jordan Cairo was projected like bottom six player. And there was a bunch of uh, Jason Robertson for Dallas was like a projected bottom six player. (laughs) And it's like uh, all these people with these low projections and now they're superstars in the NHL. Um, So you'd never know what you're going to find 
or who's going to end up being, you know, live up to those expectations or exceed them. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd go 10, 10 best available. Um, and I, but I think what the blues are going to try to do is I think we need to reload our decor. So at 10, are you going ultimate best available or you just, or you think they're going to go defense? I don't know. I think if, uh, again, if, if one of those forwards drops, cause you know, there's probably eight forwards that I would love to have, but, um, there's like two stud defensemen in like the top 12 that it's kind of, I think one of them, uh, and I can't remember which one I had to list. One of them is offensive minded. Um, and the other one is, you know, compared to Pareko where he's big and he's shut down. Mm -hmm. So what do you go there? Um, I, well, it's kind of, it's kind of weird to talk about retooling on defense when you have four outstanding contracts that, you can't right. get rid of. <laughs> hey, uh, I don't know. I it's gonna it's all gonna depend on who drops. Um, who do you like? Well, so I just wrote down a couple names, um, especially for D men, because I, I I have a feeling we have we have top prospects in forwards when it comes to Snuggerud, when it comes to Bolduke, Zach Dean that we got in the Barbashev trade, and the neighbors is young, so we got some top young forwards. We have nobody in the pipeline when it comes to demon um maybe the guy we traded clem costin for i don't even remember that guy's name but he's like 23 he's, yeah um, he's... but he played in the ahl all year so uh but the one i've the most recently on the athletic i found that they said the blues are going to take axel sandin palika and i'm probably yeah. pronouncing that wrong um they had a bunch of comparisons so he they said he is a little bit of Vince Dunn with a little bit of Josh Morrissey and a little bit of Rasmus Sandin was how he plays. And when I see Vince Dunn, who has turned into a number one D-man with Seattle, and then Josh Morrissey, who if Eric Carlson didn't have the greatest year of defenseman ever, Josh Morrissey was in the conversation for the Norris this year. Yeah. So, so when you see a guy that kind of gets those comparables, you're like, I wouldn't mind having someone like that at 10. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, uh, the other one was Tom Willander who they just compared to Ryan McDonough, who isn't like a big fancy name, but he was a really good demon for a long time. See, I don't, um, I don't have him in the top 10. Um, I was thinking well, Ryan back or Ryan backer, Ryan Bucker. Ryan Yeah. Uh, Everything David that I've Ryan seen has him being, being gone already before he even gets to 10. So if he well, drops, then yeah, sure. But I didn't even write that because I thought everything I've seen, he's been like six, seven, eight, somewhere around there. Well, and that goes back to, um, you know, where the Russian kid goes. Um, because I have Reinbacher going number eight to the Washington Capitals, who would love oh, okay. to have Michkov yep. if he's there. Um because then you have the Detroit Red Wings at nine and all signs point to them going offense. So what happens, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so then you could, I think that Reinacher is the uh, like number one defenseman for the, for the class. So yeah, yeah if he falls to 10, then yeah, I feel like that would be an easy pick. If, yeah. If again, you're, 
fully set on going D man. Yeah. I, you know, for again, like a month ago, I don't think there was a defenseman in the top 10. Um, yeah. Tom Willander was in the top 10 and is no longer there. And actually mm-hmm. a month ago, I, I saved the list and Reinbacher is not in the top 10. So Sanding Pelica is up at number five. Really? So it's yeah, just overall it's, prospect or that's where they think he's going to go. That's where they think he's going to go. They, they said uh, to Montreal. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, I've heard Dvorsky's name. If he drops um, this, I don't think that Will Smith's going to be there. I definitely think Leo mm-hmm. Carlson's going three. Um, yep. I don't know. The other the other interesting one, I think, if he drop, I don't know that he'll drop it, is that Ryan Leonard. Um, he's tenacious, uh, you know, forecheck kind of guy, kind of likes to rough things up. Does that sound like a blues player? I mean. Kind of does. <laughs> not the most skilled guy in the top ten, but he's a grinder, you know. So, um, I don't know. I, I would go defense if it's there, uh, if it's one of those two or three guys. Uh-huh. Um, but I definitely think, you know, it depends on who falls because of Michkov. So where, what happens with, with him? That makes sense. Yeah. The other guy I have down is I'm going to pronounce this wrong. I think it's Danil. It's like D A N I L. And then it's butt or boot B U T. I think he's another Russian. Um, but just as I was reading the kind of comparables, they said he he was hard to judge because he was very unique, but he's got some Rope Hints and Tage Thompson in him. And again, I'm kind of thinking if you can get a guy, and this wouldn't be a guy that would get picked at 10. He would have to fall. I think he's going in the teens somewhere. Yeah. Uh, even so late teens. So he would have to fall to 25 or 29, somewhere around there. But to get a guy with a comparable to Rope Hints or Tage Thompson, I mean, that I'll take a guy at 25 for that. Or move up, so, like you said, package those two picks. So is he dropping because he's hard to judge? Part of hard to judge, and then also he's another Russian player. So he's yeah. dropping because of that. So I don't know if so, he's got like a contract with the KHL or anything like Mitchkoff does, um, but people are just kind of – or I say people, but some NHL front offices are very wary about taking Russians. Now, see, I could, I could see. I feel like Mishkov is is looked at as again like a Kippersoff. I th- I think he is looked at as the it factor that a team needs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy you're talking about, I could see that dropping a little more because you know if you're going to pick him in the teens, maybe you don't want to wait. Um, kind of like Tarasenko dropped. Um, I could see that yeah. happening. Um, he doesn't have so maybe, the the massive upside that Mitchkoff does. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, I could see that happening, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are just the three that I had wrote down. Whenever they did the draft lottery, um, which I know was a long time ago, but I wrote down that we were going to take, uh, if we got the 10 pick, we were going to take Dmitry Shimashev, who's another mm-hmm. defender. Um, but now I think he's going in the late first round. So yeah. we're not going to take him he's, at 10, but if they're going defense, you could get him later there. 
yeah, he's dropped quite a bit. Um, and again, it, yeah, the Russian thing is just, it's so hard to determine, you know, wasn't there a goalie last season that like had to, like he had to go back and like serve his country or something, or he, he wasn't coming over cause he, he had signed, like they have to like serve in the military or something like that for so long. Is he from Switzerland? I think that you have to do that in Switzerland. Maybe. I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. I thought it was a Russian goalie and I can't remember who it was, but it was Russian. I, I, I thought so. You know, Russia was a little active last year. <laughs> That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said keep it family friendly if possible. You know, you got... uh, I'm giving her a, uh, a quick Google. NHL goalie was, prospect Ivan Fedorov sent to Russian military base. There you go. July 5th, 2022. So, yeah, like a year ago. What, what team was he? Is he? I think he was. He's actually on a team. He's a prospect. I thought. Uh, the Flyers. He's with the Flyers. Picked up by law enforcement in Russia last week because he has to go to military. Yeah, you have to serve Yikes. so much time. So then again, you yeah, you don't know what you're getting when you draft a, a Russian player, and it's it's nothing uh -huh. against Russian, but you know it's just kind of kind of comes with Power. the territory. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm All excited. Right. Well, it's going to be a draft, and I. I think if the opportunity is there to make some moves, I think Doug Armstrong is absolutely, absolutely willing to do so. But um, I, I don't see him moving uh, that tenth pick. I think he's he's selecting somebody. Yeah. Well, I'm reading right now. Well, this was two posted two hours ago on Reddit, but for some reason I just got a notification. Um, but Elliot Friedman said on his podcast. Hayes is going to get traded to St. Louis no matter how this goes. The question is, what goes with him and around him? Travis Sanheim has a clause that kicks in July 1st, and St. Louis got really interested in pairing him with Pareko. So, because Sanheim, right, his new contract hasn't started yet. It starts July 1st, and when it starts, he has a what is, trade clause. What is the contract for Sanheim? It's six and a half million, and it's seven or eight years. So he wow. just signed it in October, I think, like the extension. So it's a, it's a brand new contract. Now, I don't see why him having a no trade clause would be a problem because if I'm him, I want to get out of Philly and go to St. Louis. Yeah. So I, if, I if, think if, if you're talking just just sports, yeah. So, but, but it does say, I, I Fred, Friedman said, Hayes is coming. I, I, I think I don't like Kevin Hayes as a player. Uh, I think this team is a few supplemental players away from making the playoffs again. So I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad addition. If you continue on the traje trajectory that we're going to fill this team out, mm -hmm. maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work. 
but you got to get out from one of these defensive contracts, man. It's right. It's bad. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've kind of covered trades, drafts. Um, we haven't really talked much free agency. Uh, I think everyone expects Doug Armstrong, in my opinion, is not good at free agency. He's not good at handing out money to free agents. He's scary good at letting other teams do it and then trading for those. Uh, so he, he gets like an A plus in trades, but he might be at like a C for when it comes to free agency. Uh, there's really, there's not a huge crop of free agents. I mean, when you're talking about a 32, I think year old Ryan O'Reilly being one of the top guys, it's not a, there's no superstars in this class. Do you see Doug going after any free agents or have you done any research looking into that? Yeah, I, I really don't. Um, I think that, you know, I, I think Doug Armstrong's pretty straightforward um, without showing his hand. Um, I read two months ago um, that Doug Armstrong knows who he's calling about what players. He said four months ago that it was going to be a bunch of 26-year-olds because he wants to get younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see that being the route. I see this trade with Philly being um, the beginning of that, even though Hayes is 31. Um, you know, the defenseman's young. Um, I think that Ryan O'Reilly is not an option. I I like him. I love the guy. Thank you for bringing a cup to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, there, there are things that you can't teach in hockey or in a lot of sports, speed is one of those things. But if you never had it, uh, that doesn't bode well for you as you age. And, and Ryan <laughs> O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly is, uh, you know, I look at Ryan O'Reilly as as David Backus, as uh, Alex Steen. Um, that skill set is just not going to age well. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ryan O'Reilly doesn't play the heavy game. Um, that those other two played a little bit of, but you know, it, when you go from a top line centerman to a third line centerman, and then even if he brought you brought him back, he'd probably still be a th- third line centerman on this team. Yeah, um, it's just it's he's not aging well. Uh, I think he's. I thought he was thirty three. Maybe he's 32. He might, yeah, but, I don't know. He could be 33. He, I mean, he's up there <laughs> in, in hockey age. In, in hockey years, yeah. And again, you know, speed has never been uh, one of his tools. He's not physical. Um, you know, he he can win faceoffs and he can mm-hmm. and he can come out with the puck in the corner. But and his eye for the game is amazing. But I, I don't want I don't want to be under that contract for you know three years um, with an aging player like that. And I don't think Doug mm-hmm. Armstrong wants that either. Um, and I think he's going to be pushing like 5 million. So nowhere. I think close they, that yeah, we're going to want to pay at, for him. I think they had him at five and a half. I think that's yeah. what I was reading. Um, I think he's pricing himself out of Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. And even if he would take a discount, what's that look like? 
I, it's, it's money we don't have, you know? Yeah. Um, right. And another good point. Uh, we didn't do very well with him here last year. And I'm not saying it's his fault, but it's kind of redundant if but you bring him back in the fold. With a team that we thought was supposed to be really good that ended up Correct. earning the 10th pick in the draft. <laughs> but yeah, with him and Tarasenko and Achari and uh, Mikola and Barbashev, all these guys that were on this team, yeah, bringing him back or bringing Barbashev or I don't Tarasenko or is not an option. I don't think to come back, but yeah, I think we continue to build, build new. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think we have the money to play the free agent game as much as I'd like to. I would love to have Barbashev, but he's, he's really, I, I, I read I the other what, day, he's looking like an eight year contract. Yeah. Like seven with, or eight with the way contract. he just, his his uh, Stanley Cup, I think he priced himself out of. I think he priced himself out of Vegas. He can't even go back to Vegas. <laughs> He's, no, I think they just signed or are about to sign Aiden Hill. I think too. I think to they just. I think they just did. Yeah, I think they just like did four point nine million dollars. Yeah, which was, I thought more. That's not much of a bridge contract. That's a you're paying full price for him. Not. Completely, I guess full price for a goalie is usually in the six sevens range. But I mean, he did just carry that team to a Stanley Cup, kind of how Benner did for us. So, yes, he did. All right, let's do some. Uh, we're we're an hour in, so let's do some. Okay. Whose line is it anyway? Let's test your your hockey knowledge. Um, oh. I've never met you before. I hadn't really talked to you, so I try to gauge these. Based on the NHL knowledge that I think my guest has, I went with the <laughs> assumption that you knew your stuff. And so <laughs> these are, there, there's no first lines on here. So <laughs> there's, there are no big names, but I think they're still, still doable. So we'll see how you do. So I'm going to give you the left winger, the center, and the right winger. You tell me what team, once we figure out the team, then you can figure out if it's, well, it's not the first line. So second, third, or fourth liners. You ready? Got it. Okay. All right. So the first one is Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, and Derek Ryan. Oh. I feel <laughs> like – is it Ryan McLeod? What did you say the middle McLeod, name was? It's M-C-L-E-A-D. McLeod, McLeod, McLeod. Yeah, and it's not the old McLeod or McLeod. It's let's name them one more time. And actually, you got to pronounce them right. Though. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't. I hate English, so I can't pronounce any of these right. <laughs> hey, aren't you a teacher? <laughs> math aren't you and a teacher? science. I teach math and science. Oh. I don't teach English. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. All right. Yeah. And all of my students know that I don't teach English. Like I I tell them, I'm not good at English. So if you need something spelled, I'm going to tell you to Google it and Google will fix your spelling for you. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Warren Fogle, Ryan McLeod, 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 I don't know. And Derek Ryan. I can pronounce Derek Ryan. That's correct. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, 
I want to say they were in the playoffs because I remember McLeod. Says a playoff team. You are correct. Um, and Fogle is F-O-G-L-E. It's F-O-E-G-L-E. New Jersey? It is not New Jersey. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I wave the white flag. It's, it's a Canadian team. Okay. Canadian team that was in the playoffs. And it's not Toronto. Correct. And it's not Winnipeg. Correct. They were not in the playoffs. Oh, no, they were. Yeah, they were. But that's not they them. They were briefly. It's not them. Okay. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> uh, is it Edmonton? It is Edmonton, yes. So it I'm going to say that, that that has to be the third or fourth line. And I'm going to go fourth. Fourth. It is the third. The third line. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. All right. I started you off with a hard one. This one, I believe you should get. All right. There's another, there's another, maybe two names on here that I'm going to mispronounce. Oh, good. Right. Can't wait. <laughs> the first one, left winger, Jacob Pelletier. The ce- Actually, I'm going to save the center. I'm going to go right winger because the center is going to want- be the one that's going to give it away. The right winger is Matt Coronado. And the center is Nazem Kadri. My least favorite player <laughs> in the last five years. Um, that has to be Calgary. That is Calgary. That is Calgary. And is that, is that number two? No, that's actually their third line. I think Kadri had a pretty bad year. I think Calgary had a bad year, but so did Kadri. So I just yeah, I didn't expect line. I didn't expect Kadri to be on the third line. So yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right, last one. Left winger, Ellie or Eli? Probably Eli. Tolvanen. Center, Yanni Gord. Right winger, Oliver Bjorkstrand. Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord. Isn't that Seattle? That is Seattle. Yes, I wasn't sure if he he was going to make you think Tampa Bay, because isn't that where he came from? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then Tolvanen always makes me think of Nashville, but he's not in Nashville anymore. He's with Seattle. So, yeah, that is Seattle. Uh, so, with Tampa, uh, Gord was part of that historic line that they relied upon on for multiple years, and that was the fourth line. Is it the fourth line in Seattle, though? Is I'm going to go third line. You're going third? Final answer? I'm going third. Third is correct. It is the third line. All right. There, there we go. go. Good job. I gave you I all, th- all third lines. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of Sinnerman in Seattle, and I just can't see Yanni Gord. Because every time we play Seattle, Yanni Gord's on the ice at all times, it seems like. So, uh, he's everywhere. I well, couldn't. I couldn't see him be on the fourth line. Well, their top their top center is uh, Beniers, mm-hmm. and then who's is McCann their second? See a center? Yep. 
So McCann's yep, second, and then so. Yanni Gord, and then I don't even know who their fourth line center would be. Actually, I think McCann might even be their first line center. Did they could be in to just just flip put Beniers at two. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> could be. All right, cool. All right, that's it. That was a pretty good job. But it's whose line. It's the games are made up and the points don't matter. So I have a buddy of mine who who thinks he's winning still. And I'm just okay. Good job. Did he, did he get all three? <laughs> he did get all three. I made them pretty easy. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I don't remember what episode he was. He was my Chicago Black Sox fan that I had come on. Here it is, right here. Whoa! So whoa, I gave whoa, him friend that's a Blackhawks fan. Yeah, he's Woo. a Blackhawks fan and a Cubs fan. But it, it was good. It was good. Uh, it was good content. You know, I had him on sure. before, right before we played the Blackhawks. So I told him how bad the Blackhawks were. I think it was still at the time where we thought we were going to be good. So it was all, <laughs> all good stuff. All right. So I gave him Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, and Mike Hoffman for Montreal's second line. That was easy. Mm-hmm. Then I gave him Timo Meyer, Thomas Hurdle. And Alexander Barbanov for San Jose's second line or San Jose's first line. Then I gave him a Chicago third line, mainly because I wasn't sure how well he actually knew hockey, and I wanted to see if he actually knew his <laughs> own third line. He did get that yeah, right. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and then I gave him a fourth one. I gave him Philip Forsberg, Thomas Novak, and Mikhail Granlin for Nashville's first line. So he had it a lot easier than you did. <laughs> yeah, you gave him. You gave him yeah. some. Some uh, some Western Conference teams you gave them. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. All right. Uh, last thing before we get out of here, you can win money on this podcast. So for 5% of my profits, I need you to predict, and it's going to be really hard because like we talked about before, who knows what this team looks like come Saturday or, or Thursday. Yeah. Uh, but I need you to try to predict what you think the final record for the Blues will be this coming season. And then based on our conversation so far, I'm going to assume you're going to think that they're going to make the playoffs. So how far do they going to make it in the playoffs? Okay. What was our, what was our record at the end of the year last year? You know, if I was a good host, I'd have that written down. I think I wrote it down last week, actually. Uh, 37, 38 and seven. Jeez. I hate even hearing that. Um, <laughs> For reference, Vegas went 51, 22, and 9 last year. Yeah, I I was going to say 46, 49 wins. So, let's go let's go 40, let's go 48 wins. That's a 48? lot. 48? Yeah, let's go 48 wins. That's a lot of wins, but I think it's going to take a lot of wins to get into the playoffs. Okay. How many losses and how many OT losses? All right, so let me pull up a calculator. Uh, 48. <laughs> I'm going to say overtime losses, we're going to put them at, say, six. So you're at 52, so 30 losses. Does that math check out? Right. 82 minus 48. Aren't you the math teacher? <laughs> it's summer. <laughs> nope, that's 84. So it'd be 28 yeah. losses. Let's see that again. Hold on. 34, 34 minus, yeah. Okay. 
That's right. 48, 28, and 6. And, and then as far as they go in the playoffs. Yeah, 102 points. That should – over 100 points is going to get you in the playoffs. So how far do you think they may get in the playoffs? I think they get to the second round. Okay, so we win our first round matchup but lose in the second. That's that's what I see. Okay. Is that a successful think- season for you? Are you happy with that if that if that happens? Uh before this past season, no. That's not successful to me. Uh, <laughs> but I I think uh you know, again, I've been a Blues fan for a long time. Uh and so after winning once, you know, I did ride high for a while and say that we don't ever have to win again. I'm happy. <laughs> we finally won. <laughs> uh, I think after last season and the dip that we took, I think any progress forward in knowing that their goal is two years from now, I think making the playoffs next year, having a winning record, having a successful team, I think I think that would be a move in the right direction. I would still be upset at the end of the day, but uh, I would feel good about it. I'd feel uh-huh. a lot better. You're like, you know what? It's okay. Kind of thing. Yeah. You tried. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's your participation trophy. Good job, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, unless you got anything else, we can go ahead and get out of here. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, let's go Blues. All right. Well, I'm going to have to get a little bit better version of that. So give me give me oh, a, like a big Let's Go Blues to end this podcast. Okay. Let's go Blues! <laughs> That's more like it. All right. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.